0: with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them the one i kiss is the man arrest him going at once to jesus judas said greetings rabbi and kissed him this is god's word this is what the apostle paul says uh, reflecting on that story and on the death of jesus He says, let this mind be in you. Do you like that? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Let's pray. Father, here now we keep watch and we pray and we sing. We pray that you will enlighten us, dear Father, of the work of your Son. And we pray this in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. On the night before he died, a few things happened. For one, he took bread. A simple bread he took it we are told while they were eating the Passover meal and he broke it when he'd given thanks we read he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying this is my body given for you do this he said in remembrance of me I take it for the bread to be shared it had to be broken there's no way for the bread to be shared without it being broken. What else on the night before he died? He took the cup, Matthew 26, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, this cup is the blood of the covenant. Such strong words, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I take it the wine had to be spilled for anyone to be able to drink it. I want you to think about that tonight as we take bread and wine in a few moments time. The truth is, none of his friends knew what was really going on. A little bit like the city whizzing past us now. There was confusion and misunderstanding. And yet because of the events of that weekend, that particular weekend and no other weekend, the lives of the disciples were changed forever, shaped. Eventually there was clarity after his resurrection and in the coming of the Spirit. And then the world was changed forever. I take it for hope to rise, Christ would have to first go down. What else happened the night before he died? He gave them a new commandment. Today's is Maundy Thursday in the church calendar. The word Maundy comes to us as an Anglo-French word derived from the the Latin mandatum, which means commandment, morning Thursday, commandment, Thursday, a new commandment I give to you, said Jesus, love one another. Brand new script. As I have loved you, so you must love one another, and by this, loving one another, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Apostle Paul will say, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. But it seems to me that the word that we really need to examine is not maundy, but the word as. A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another in the same way that I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus is offering here an uncomfortable formula in John chapter 13. He's asking us to put an equals sign between Jesus' love for us as I have loved you and our love for one another. And tomorrow morning, we're invited to peer over to the other side of the equation to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. He spent himself down, embraced humiliation, endured the pain and the shame, chose it, not because he had a death wish, but rather because he had a life wish, because he knew that this was the only way that we could be lifted up, so that true hope, the only hope, the substantial hope would rise In him and in him also in us but on the night before he died he did something very simple to show what it would look like he washed his disciples feet to show his great love which is traditionally examined on maundy thursday in john chapter 13 we read this it was just before the passover festival jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the father and having loved his own who are in the world he loved them to the end he was going to die to save people it was the only way he will be raised to life to give them a new start with new hope and then he would go to the father to rule the universe With all that ahead of him he doesn't get anxious if you read john 13 he has this powerful non-anxious presence you've got to know that because you've got to sort of drink in what he's about to face we read it a moment ago sweats sweat like drops of the blood to the ground take this cup from me and yet in that moment on the night before he died he loved them to the end now there's a double meaning in the word, to the end, it's in the Greek, the telos word, and it could mean that he loved them all the way. In other words, he never stopped loving them, but it could also mean the idea of fulfillment. He loved them in this full way, in this fulfilled way. One translator put it this way, having loved his own who were in the world, he showed them the one final Complete proof of his love, one ultimate proof. And what does he do? He washes skanky feet. That's our God. And what it means is that humility is at the heart of the universe. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's like? You want to touch the face of God? You want to hear his heartbeat? This is it. This is love. It's fast as the ocean but it comes in the washing of skanky feet. A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. But I want to break down the washing of the disciples' feet into a number of things. Number one, you see there in this foot washing, the night before he died, ultimate humility. Listen to these words. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Think think that through. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his feet, and after that he began to wash his disciples' feet. Wow. I mean, those feet aren't clean. And washing feet belongs to the, the slave who's doing work experience. Jesus is following here a rabbinic method, Namely, that you um, put out a mystifying gesture, which evokes, naturally, a question, seeking an interpretation. And the question guarantees an interpretation from the rabbi. In other words, you do something weird. Someone asks about it. Rabbi explains why they did what they did. And here, this foot washing is a mystifying gesture. But the link between verses 3 and 4 should blow your mind jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power he's the christ over all and that he'd come from god and was returning to god the eternal son all power all authority as god in the world verse 4 so he what what do you expect of those with absolute power so he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist and washed feet only servants wash feet, and not even usually the Jewish ones, just the lowest of low. This is a mystifying gesture. What does it mean? Well, it answers the question of what is at the core of God's being. I'd say there's a number of things. Love would be at the core of God's being, but a particular kind of love, humility, is at the core of God's being. And that, by the way, is the beginning of a revolution i've gotten my notes a religious revolution but how about this a um a spiritual revolution in the end a political revolution because it's an affront to all self-seeking politics wherever self-seeking politics are found it's a heart revolution we began our service this way in your relationships with one another have the same mind as christ jesus who being in nature god made himself nothing and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Some translations try to soften it in your relationship with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who, although he was God, you see that? You see what they're trying to do there? Although he was God, he humbled himself. You know, despite being God, he humbled himself. But no, in the original, it's uh, in in being God, he humbled himself. Now you begin to see what it looks like to be like Christ or Christ-like. But it not only shows an ultimate humility, but it shows an ultimate cleansing or cleaning. You see, this is not just an action of humility. As you'll see what happens next, you've got the mystifying gesture and the question. Simon Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? That can't happen. But Jesus says it will take time to truly get this. He replies, you don't know what I'm doing now. But later, you'll understand. And this might be true for some of you today. You're like, what are you, what, why are you even talking about this? I'm telling. Later, you will understand. After his resurrection, it'll all make sense. But Peter is nothing but well-meaning. And he says, well, you must never wash my feet, not mine. It's a mystifying gesture. Peter's question and now an interpretation. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you will have no part in me. And as I cleanse you from your sins... You need my deep inner clean. You'll need my cleansing death. And I I need to do this for you. You notice the double um, with the bread uh, for, for for the forgiveness of your sins, with the wine for the forgiveness of many, not just for the world, but for you in particular. The cleansing of the feet seemed demeaning. It seemed wrong. It seemed awful. Wait till you see what happens when he dies on a cross you peer over into tomorrow. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Peter still doesn't get it, but he never lacks enthusiasm. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, then not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus says, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet, their whole body is clean. He's saying this isn't really about the water. It's never about the water. Jesus says in John chapter 15, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. In Titus chapter 3, the words we said, At one time we too were enslaved, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He has saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having hope of eternal life. But it's more than that. It shows the ultimate grace of God. Jesus says and you are clean though not every one of you who's he referring to he knew that he knew who was going to betray him and that is why he said not every one of you is clean and yet and here's the key and yet jesus washes judas's feet he knew it already back in early john 13 the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted judas the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. The devil had already thrust it into the heart of Jesus. Do you want to display this kind of grace? To love even your enemies? To pray for those who persecute you? In the garden of Gethsemane, we read these words. Now the betrayer had already arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. And going at once to Jesus, Judah said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And so finally, this becomes the ultimate example. Jesus says in verse 12 to the disciples, but he could say to you and to me, do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand what I've done for you? I've given you a gift on so many levels. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am But now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. You're not greater than me, so do what I do. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So out of the joy of being washed clean by the serving hands of Christ, out of the security of knowing that we are ultimately loved, we serve. We ask, how can I help you? (laughs) Not just what do I like or what suits me, and it's in the menial task that we see it. You see the beauty of this action see the beauty of everything here by the way it's a it's simple bread and wine you can do it in the third world with not much it's simple washing feet you know it's just a towel and some blankets it's a hymn at the mount of olives and some prayers but here this lowly act of washing feet it points to the greatest achievement humanity has ever known salvation forgiveness a divine washing of sins so what do you do? The answer is you receive. You, you let him do it. You let him wash you. And as you take bread and wine in a few moments time, if you're in Christ, if you trust him, know that he's washed you clean. Walk out of here clean. And then let him shape you. Be like him. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, and let him overwhelm you like the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears jesus was bothered by this woman that we read about a moment ago and jesus says why are you bothering this woman she's done a beautiful thing to me the poor you will always have with you but you'll not always have me when she poured this expensive perfume on my body she did it to prepare a burial truly i tell you wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world what she has done will also be told in memory of of her even tonight one way to do it is to know that you've already died your life is hid with god in christ in the tv show the band of brothers there's a character in the world war ii show that jumps up ahead of all the other afraid soldiers and is the first one over the over the the trenches he seems unafraid he walks past them into the battlefield and are they tentatively looking as they watch this man walk into the blood field and come back with blood all over him and light up a cigarette and, and breathe a sigh of relief? And they ask him, several episodes into the show, they ask him, how do you do it? What's your secret? And he leans forward and he says, you just got to know that you're already dead. There's nothing to protect. The Apostle Paul says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all have died. I'm dead already in Christ. And he died for all, that those who live now with hope and joy and love, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let's pray father here is love vast as as the ocean loving kindness as the flood the prince of life he gave his life as a ransom and we take delight in his cleansing death on the cross but we also say here is love the simple washing of feet as he has loved us so might we love each other in christ's name amen